The following content contains adult subject matter, including sensitive material, and is intended for adult consumption only. It may not be suitable for all audiences. Therefore, discretion is advised. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Breaking Down with Allie Colbert. How's it going? Happy Wednesday. You guys are so sweet. All the nice messages I've been getting from you guys, all the reviews, all the stars. You guys are the best. I mean, everyone's just loving the show so much. I love hearing from you guys. Thank you so much for all the messages. It's been awesome. You ever find a typo in a book and feel like a genius? If I find a single typo in a book, I'm like, I should go to Harvard. I should have been admitted to Yale. Um, News in stand-up comedy this week. Beth Stelling's Netflix special is absolutely phenomenal. I love Beth's stand-up. I love her pacing. I love how clever and genius she is. I just think she's great. She has a voice totally her own, and I love it. And I could watch her do stand-up all day, and we have the privilege, Colbertos of having her on the show today, eh? How about that? Beth Stelling is on the show today. We talk what we talk, you know, you know what I talk about. We talk about what I talk about, but we get into kind of some of my my favorite moments from her special. And we go, we peek behind the curtain. It's very fun. And look, what can I tell you other than what the great DJ Khaled once said? Another one. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad, too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Breaking down, breaking down, breaking down, breaking down. Your hair is voluminous. I just took a shower for you. Thank you. I didn't want to, but right. I did it. I didn't shower today. Well, you look great. My hair is actually, I have the, my hair is stuck straight to my head. It's like I've, I want it to have some volume. Yeah, you have straight hair. This, it's, but what we always, the grass is always greener. I don't know. I cut a big chunk about plastic surgery at the beginning of my special. Let's hear it. Because it's not done yet. Okay. So we... I just was like, somebody kind of came after me yesterday online for like a, my lobotomy joke. Are we starting right now? Yeah, is that okay. okay? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Let's get our fucking. <laughs> Let's get our heads done. Leave me quoting you to you the whole time. <laughs> And thinking that's us bonding. <laughs> that's how I bond with every comedian. I'm like, let me do your bit back to you. <laughs> Finish my bit. <laughs> um, yeah, so she kind of came for me. But the truth is, is like, she's like, this is not in the spirit of Beth Stelling's work, like talking to me. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, it's me. Right. <laughs> this is my page. I'm a human being. Yeah. But I'm like. Wait, a joke you so posted? The lobo- yeah, it's just the lobotomy joke. She okay. sort of said something along the lines. I, I mean, I'm letting people kind of spin out on it. Sure. Um. It was like saying, like, if you Google Caroline Kennedy and lobotomy, this is like a age-old thing of doing to mentally challenged and women to, like, disabled or, you know, whatever. It's like, oh, no, it's not that I don't understand what it's done. I'm saying I don't want to have to explain the joke to her. But there is some missing because I did cut it out because I want to keep working on it. Uh huh. But I'm like, no, that is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, we might as well be brain dead if we keep 
mutilating our faces off. <laughs> right. I, I think I'm pretty clear about that. No, that's but whatever. clear. Where is she? She doesn't think you I, understand I, the I, implication. She thinks I'm. I think she thinks I'm like punching down, and I don't know the history of lobotomy and all oh. these things. And I'm oh. like, no, that's like generational. My mom is saying like, wouldn't that be nice? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like she's right. <laughs> Whatever, I don't have to explain the joke. I shouldn't even be reading these comments, but let's stop pretending like I'm not. I, I read every comment. Yeah, I mean, I, I sometimes I do a pretty good job of skimming. If I see something hateful or detrimental to my well-being. Then I print it. I, can, <laughs> <laughs> I do print some as well. I just sort of throw, yeah, That's on a note framer. cards. Them through. But yeah, if I, I sometimes I can skim through hate, but... What have you posted that's garnered the most negative attention? I would say anything. My abortion chunk from my abortion chunk is an interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the abortion chunk from Girl Daddy, my HBO Max special. Mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, just, you know, controversial topic. And yeah. therefore, I, it shouldn't be controversial. I'm obviously of that opinion since I'm normalizing it in every chance I get. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think I think it isn't controversial. I think a lot of people use it as healthcare. I think the right is so loud they yeah. got nothing to do. And so it would be nice if everybody was sort of talking about it. I like there was a guy I was doing a show with at a pizza joint mm-hmm. and his name's Mario Tonti and I came up to him afterwards and I was like, I really like your abortion joke. It's your nice hair smells you. so good, sorry. I'm actively <laughs> smelling it. Can you smell her hair? <laughs> Wow. Yeah, just, sorry. You know, I'm a big smell person in the sense that I'm very sensitive to smell. I do not like when people wear, like, major cologne. I had a club manager hug me, and he looked so sharp, such a handsome guy. And it was not in a bad way. I've had some bad manager hugs as well. But this was like, thank you so much. Have a good week. I, if I were married, I guarantee my partner would have been like, who is he? Yeah. It was like on me still. I had to take it off and wipe my neck down. Oh my God. Anyway, that's an extreme example. But the point is I don't wear like perfume or cologne. I think it covers up our natural pheromones, which can lead us in the wrong direction and down a bad path. Fuck. Yeah, okay. Be careful. Well, Although sometimes it's the, just a touch of it is obviously I don't hot. Think I'm, I think I'm smelling shampoo On the though. neck. You're smelling shampoo. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's like a it's so sweet sort me. of coconut. Oh yeah. Oh. Hint. Hint of coconut. Maybe I'm, it's my moisturizer as well. I don't know. There's, okay. You're covering up your pheromones. Wow. So well, you're looking for someone. I guess we're not meant to be. Um, I didn't well, say actually, that. Actually, that's just- <laughs> <laughs> I did not say that. I said it smelled good. <laughs> so you oh, once yeah, hugged yeah. Mario Tante. Oh, yeah. So I, t- no, I didn't hug him, but I came up to him and I just said, hey, I really like your abortion bit. It's nice to hear um, male comics talk about it. Yeah. And he, I believe, was scared of me because he was like, I'm sorry. Should I not be? And I was like, no, I'm, I like I'm it. being real. Are you off birth control now? Because you talk about it on your special. Clean sober, yeah. You're clean. And how long have you been off the pill? So it would be almost a year, but I had to pick it back up again in May. Play a pickup game. I missed it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I missed us. Uh, no, I had to pick it back up again because I froze my eggies. You did? Mm-hmm. So some people, I, was some, I, I have a new act now that I'm doing on the road. Sure. And um, someone, and I'm talking about that part of my life in May and had someone come up to me afterwards and say like, oh, I, I went to a place and do you have to get on birth control again? And I was like, well, I also didn't want to, like badly did not want to get it back on it. But I think it's just to like chemically get you ready to suck out those eggies. Oh, you do it before. Mm-hmm. To sort of normal. And, and, I, and I, and I was so regular. Mm-hmm. There was part of me that was upset. I was like, 
just know that I'm regular. I know. Why do I have to do this? And doesn't that make it chemically or something? I don't know what's going they on wanna, in there. They want to like double up your... Yeah. Right? I'm just sort of like, who are you working for? Wait, so you you froze your eggs, but you are do- you don't want children, right? Well, I don't know. You might, you're open to I'm it. I'm open to it, to the highest bidder, you know? <laughs> I got some Maggie's over on ice in Beverly Hills. How was the process of... It was terrible. Was it? Yeah. I mean, I weathered the storm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... I, I've, of course, I'm tempted to do all the bits I have on it right now, but... You could do. I some know. Of. I just. I don't know if I can do that and still be my genuine self. I struggle with just pretending disingenuous. No, I know. Just do them though. I don't ever want to be. I love that though. Um, and a comedian just does their bits in convo. That's actually <laughs> psychotic. But now that you prefaced it, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of one that would hit. I guess just in general, I was warned. You know. Yeah. Like by the doctor, he just said you might want to take a break from stand up and. You'll be very emotional and hormonal. He said, "Take a break from stand up." He didn't tell. He didn't instruct me to like your producer. Fucking Matt, tell me what to do. But he did suggest that I might not feel like myself, and perhaps I wouldn't want to be speaking into a microphone. And he wasn't wrong. You know, I did reach out to my ex through email. <laughs> uh, we did meet up on a street corner, and a kiss was shared. But I, I, you know, you, every so night you're poking yourself with needles. I, I, I'm like, who qualified me to be a nurse all of a sudden? I'm at home, I know. and I live alone. I'm yeah, just poking myself with needles, injecting drugs into myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess drug addicts out there are like, yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah, so we do. We sit um, alone with our needles <laughs> and get high off that shit. But, oh gosh, so uh, Ganna Relics was great because it was so sharp. It was just like, oh my gosh, it's already in. And then as you pushed it in, it's like sting, sting, sting. Oh shit. And then, Is it a safety needle you have to press There's slow? one that's a pen. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to go. But yeah. if you have a nurse do it, she's freaking wild with it. But like, you're, you're doing this to yourself. You're not having a nurse come. Right. But you would I like— learned, I went to nursing school on Zoom, and she taught me— Oh, they did. Everything I need to do. They yeah. walk you through it. Yeah, on Zoom. You, <laughs> you know how many times confident. I rewatch the videos? You're supposed to do it, like, in a short period of time, and I'm such a rule follower. Yeah. I'm just sort of like, wipe this down. And it was just so much, so much. But that one was a pen, yeah. and there was another one. You had to mix yourself. Mixing it. Mix myself. Fucking breaking bad Get up in out here. of here. Yeah. And then, so basically, you know, typically you just drop one egg and that's your period. But we're trying to grow all the, the eggs. Kids. Yeah. And then you don't want any to drop. So then you start a third shot, which is like, I think it's called like the antagonist, which is like, keep them in there. And your oh ovaries are like two grapefruits in here. I was so bloated. You were? Yeah. I Yes. And is it painful at that point? No, it's not like you're walking around in pain. It's like the shots are, it's like stingy, stingy. Yeah. And oh, then the antagonist, she was like, I just want to warn you, they did change the needles. They're sort of more dull now. I'm just like, how are we cutting corners on sharpness of needle in the (laughs) medical field? Yeah. Is that like cheaper or something? Yeah. To make it dull? So she's like, really got pop it in there. And I'm like, she's like, it's a wooden spoon. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like a Carvel tasting spoon. You do have to sharpen a piece of wood. Yeah, I feel like it's... <laughs> so So then I did that for however long. I meant to, like, write something about it so I could help people and laugh, but yeah. it all became too much, and I couldn't keep track of it anymore. And then don't But there's they a lot of pretending, like, you know what he's talking about? He's like, your FCC levels are 1,400, and that looks really good because the PCP is um through the roof. And you're like... Right. 
What? Yeah, exactly. I don't know why I chose to say FCC and PCP, but that's what happened. I don't know if it made sense to me and that it didn't make sense. So I thought it landed. I was like, that sounds right. So What's you, on my mind? And then you have a wand up there and you get to see. What do you mean? Oh. Yeah, you have to get an ultrasound. Because then they're seeing how many you every got. every other day to check to see are the drugs working? Right. Are they ready to get. Right. And so you're like looking and it looks almost like the moon or a sunflower seed under a microscope. And it. And they're just like, or sunflower, and they're just <laughs> growing bigger. And then, you know, they'll say something like, oh, we have to do one more day of drugs. And you're like, no. no aren't they like, there's 50, which we'll probably lose 20 when we you're, pull. <laughs> then it'll be 15. There'll probably be seven that don't like you. That'll be, take us down to three. You'll Not have to one you're going to have a hard like time tra- finding a man. So right. it's probably going to be half a baby. Yeah, you're going to have, you'll, you'll have one foot. <laughs> you'll have one foot at the end of this. Is you free, you didn't do embryos. I didn't have anybody that I felt like I should link up with genetically. Yeah. And that makes sense to me. Yeah. So they're in there on their own, just waiting for the right sperm to swim along. The only, my only worry about that, and I have plenty of, that's not true. I have plenty of worries, but it's just that you have to, they have to thaw and then they have to, you have to go through the, now your eggs are in for like a double whammy. They, you're right. They have work to do. They, they have, have a long road ahead of them. Yeah, they're going to date. Become baby. They have to hook up. Exactly. Then they they might freeze again. That's true. A sibling could freeze again. You That's could meet true. the guy. You bring out number one. Number two's back. It's a lot for them to go through. I know. I know. I don't know. I just, I just, <laughs> I, I just wanted to have the chance. You look really happy about it. You're yeah. like glowing talking <laughs> about your babies. <laughs> they're so cute. Oh, are you an aunt? I am. And do your nieces and nephews bring you joy? We're like doing my whole new hour. It's so interesting. I mean, I haven't told you any of the jokes from it, but it's so fun. It's just because it's those, like it's, it's a you know we've always had it, this connection. It's fun. Yes, we have. The, so from the first time I smelled you, <laughs> and you were like, "That's not really me. You're smelling." <laughs> <laughs> I fear you're not smelling the real me. <laughs> yeah, I'm a niece. I mean, I am a niece. <laughs> I have seven nibblings, which is seven. Yeah. Oh, and how many siblings? Two. Okay, they each did it. Yeah, many times. Yeah. Yeah. So one of them really looks like me, actually, which is kind of fun. I think that's part of the fun of like thinking about procreating, because you're like, what would we look like together? Because those booths in the mall don't really do it. They just make it into a weird animal. I was just saying how this kills me because this is like the one thing I don't get to be a part of as a gay woman. Well, you do. If In the same way that I, if say I get some sperm. I try, oh, I you like him. You're not going to get a sperm bank sperm. Yeah, I don't think I can see myself getting a stranger. You're not going to get a stranger. I, I mean, yeah. I don't, you what, you know who it is? No, I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> you're key, you're, you're, you want to save that for your hour, who it is? No. <laughs> <laughs> she reveals at the end oh, of her hour who her sperm donor is. <laughs> and the results are in. I'm going to pull it out. Like, I have a bunch of names in my bag. Yeah. My canvas bag That's that how he, you pick. That's your producer be, took from me. I went to, have you ever even looked at sperm donors? No. Okay. So, but you, but you could find a friend or somebody you like that you're like, what would ours look like? Or what if you found somebody that looked a lot like your partner? Who but, had sperm? Somebody who had sperm, but still like my like partner's your partner. brother. Yeah, that's a good idea. So, do you think it would be fucked up if? And I'm single right now, uh-huh. so this is all hypothetical. Okay. Do you think it would be fucked up if I don't have brothers? Yeah, but I do have a dad. Yeah, 
<laughs> if my partner's egg and my dad's <laughs> what's that? <laughs> my partner's egg and my dad's sperm is that weird? Is that like because technically it's a little confusing. This is like when someone quick short changes you and you're like they're like I give you a forty and I'm like what's a forty? Two twenties. Give me a twenty and my kids, my brother. All the money and you're. Fired. I think, um, <laughs> okay, so it's like, it would be technically your sibling. It would be my half-sibling. Half-sibling. But it is as close to a genetic yeah. male, ver- me as possible. That's true. The other thing that would hurt my ego a little is that it would be my dad in my wife. Like my dad's All right. sperm in my wife. Yeah. Have you ever had a sex dream about a dad? Yeah. I know. Isn't that upsetting? <laughs> I've had it happen to me. What was your dream? I woke up and I was like, okay, phew. That was fake, but I still got to fuck my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's so gross. And it happens it has not happened in a while. Yeah. Thank goodness. It's very upsetting. It's really upsetting. I I'm trying to think about when it happened. It probably happened during a time where he said something awful to me. Yeah. I'm in this place where I'm like, have I done it? Have I finally stopped, like, being attracted to the wrong thing? Or is this guy extra good (laughs) 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 and lying to me? I'm trying to get out of detective mode. Are you healed? I thought I was, and then I had a whoopsie-daisy, which sounds mean to say about somebody, but it's just like they're in a different place than me, and I attracted the wrong thing. They're just very different places. What what can what did the whoopsie daisy look like? That was like me falling in love with someone, I guess, or what? Who was really struggling with things that I like emotional unavailability? I know that sounds so cliche because everybody loves to say that. Like sometimes somebody just doesn't like you, but um, I know <laughs> you know. But we really did date for a while, and he, I think he struggled <laughs> and tried to be everything that I was looking for, but mm. just couldn't possibly. But he wanted to be. Wanted to be, but was sort of like, I'm changing as fast as I can. And I'm over here like. Right. You know. Well, he was not fast enough. And I mean like really not fast enough at all. I'm I'm too patient. What, and is this guy, is he an artist? Do you do that? Yeah. You do the comedian thing? I've dated a lot of comedians just because I refuse to be happy. <laughs> I'm and so committed now, to my misery. Yeah. But I this is, yeah, seeing somebody right now who's not a comedian, which is good. And I've done that before. I've seen non-comedians, I guess, but I had a little stint there. Yeah. Um, You're seeing a civilian. Yeah, I mean, he's in the biz. Yeah. But um, not, not, not asking to open for me. <laughs> you, I mean, I do. But, yeah. But right. Just, yeah. Because do you feel like I mean, where do you where are you meeting these people? I yeah, I met him in the wild, which is nuts. I think yeah. I just he, I was just journaling about this last night. Um, Let's hear. I haven't journaled in months. I do it like twice a year, like a biannual journal. But I have a couple times where I've started. <laughs> it'll be like, it'll be like I'll be March right 2023, yeah. September 2023. And then I'm like, when are you going to do that? I think you're going to finish that. Yeah. I wish I journaled. My grandma who lived to 102 would give me journals and always say like, write down the things you want to remember and the things you want to forget. You'll be happy you did. Wow. And you're taking her advice? Well. I obviously haven't. That's I mean, I have so many joke notebooks for sure. Yeah. I have so many joke notebooks, but not enough journals. Yeah. But I was thinking, so I met this guy in the wild and I was just genuinely 
I was energetically, I saw him and I was like, that guy's the hottest person here. And, but I had just frozen my eggies and I had been so deeply hurt by that person I dated for two years. The street corner kiss? Yes, street corner kiss. We were struggling with addiction. He he was, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a sober person. I'm, I, I'm more in the realm of teetotaler, you know, I'm over here like, (laughs) I just don't need to, and I was, I'm very clear about that. Like yeah. first date, I'll be like, oh, I don't need to drink to have sex. I don't need to do drugs. I mean, like occasionally I'll smoke weed. I think a lot of people think I'm a pothead because I'm like chill. Yeah. I'm the Sarah McLaughlin of stand-up comedy. But I'm not. I'm just like, I, I can occasionally smoke weed and enjoy it, but mostly makes me sleepy. Yeah. I've done mushrooms, like, but probably not enough. I get a little scared. Right. It'll just get like sparkly and I'm like, that's enough. And <laughs> again, you I like a present. drink with dinner sometimes, but yeah. I'd rather feel better than in just not drinking. I'm exactly the same way with yeah. drinking. So it's just, anyway, I, I definitely don't want to like blow up a spot, but it's, yeah, struggling with addiction and, and, and other things and just immature. Other things, lots of lying, cheating. Lying and cheating. Yeah, that was very upsetting. So I became like a detective. Oh, it's that's very the awful. worst. You know, and then you would say something like, just tell me, do you have another family? You know, like, can That's you just be exhausting? It was so tiring. I think I, ate, I, I do this? blame for the, yeah, for the aging of the, what'd you just fucking, you know, like that. Right. But yeah. And then it's also kind of on me for like, I guess, staying or whatever. But um, yeah, the detective part is so tiring and upsetting because I would also early on so many opportunities I gave, like, you want to keep it open. Right. Like, what are we doing here? Right. But it's just very frustrating when someone's so selfish and I'm not even just trying to be like, like needle him right now. Yeah. Um, because there was positive things about our relationship, obviously. That's why you stay. Yeah. It's very frustrating when someone is so selfish that they're like, no, 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 I, I want to keep it closed. But all they really mean is just, you stay real you, into I me. I want to control you. You get deeper into me and I'll kind of do whatever I want because I'm too scared to be vulnerable and get, really get into it with you. Right. Even though I do really care about you, but I'll just do whatever I want over here because that's safe. And then putting me at risk physically and emotionally and all this it's so fucked up very but that person is in so much pain yeah very much just like fully can't sit with themselves and they're like wound yeah that they're like i have to keep distracting myself and i've been i've you know i've chosen previous partners that are great and i've chosen other bad partners before that person yeah that have harmed me and i and then you know obviously these are supposed to be things that aren't your fault but it's like i go to therapy i've been to a healing trauma program i it's one of those things where i'm like I thought I was okay. Mm-hmm. So then for me to kind of choose that person, yeah. and again, they're human beings, so not all bad. I feel like I'm like trying to be so diplomatic, but I don't want to just trash somebody. It's just, I thought like, how did I, how did I get here again? No, I get that. Because I, I thought I was okay. I, I could blame it on the pandemonium. I could, I could blame it on, I don't really know what. But it's like it's like when you're in it, do you really see it so clearly? Like you end up just kind of like co-creating yeah. the situation that yeah, when you step so. back from, you're like, well, that dynamic I see now is dysfunctional. Yes. So much anxiety waiting. He would always be so late, me waiting and having so much anxiety. I and hate that. So many bad red flags. And I would write about it too. Like, well, speaking of journaling, yeah. I would write down those things like, this I wrote about so it frustrating. once a year. And it's, yeah, once a year, I couldn't fix it. But it makes me go like, all those things were go- alarms were going off in me. Yeah. So why did I keep forging on? Because that's what your nervous system is used to yeah. associating with love. Yeah, it was pretty wild. That's fu- I I don't know how to rewrite that in yeah. myself. 
Well, I'm currently having such a nice time and it's been so easy. And that, so, so I was, you know, clean and sober from men for like seven months. You did that? Yeah. As long as I've been single since I was a baby. <laughs> right. Yeah. And what, so what are you doing during that time? Um, freezing my eggies. I played a ton of field hockey. I, my goal was to do trips with my, my girlfriends, seek out my friends where they are, go see them play out and see them shine at their jobs. Wow. Travel. That's so good. So that was like what I was up to and just trying to heal and move on. And So this was in between. Yeah. I feel like I should do that because the sound of that terrifies me. Really? Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm a little, I'm, I'm further along potentially. How long have you been doing stand up? Or maybe I think also our probably our. No, you're much further along than well, me. What are you talking thi- about? Our um, (laughs) dynamics, I imagine, or relationships with stand-up could be different, too, because I'm actually—I used to categorize it as, like, two comics, two types of comics. The kind that show up to the venue, Uh and if there's two people, they're like, let's do it for them. That's one comic. And then the other comics are like, I'm going to go. Is that cool? (laughs) I'll see you guys next week. This is bullshit. You know, so—or not bullshit, but just like, no, I'm not going to do that. You play to the two. Yeah. I do because— obviously do. I've had—but I didn't always used to. Like, I was sort of like, we don't have to do this. It's not that important, you know? But now I've had such good experiences where I, like, I prefer smaller anyway, and it'll always be like a weird little thing. But when I started stand-up, you were already great. Oh, thank you. (laughs) That, like, you even saying, just so everyone knows who's listening, who's not familiar with Beth, that's ridiculous. That's a huge (laughs) insult to herself that she just said that. (laughs) Count on me to nag me. That's, like, ridiculous. Okay, go on. But also, I think, too, I'm now... Doing it for like 16 years and it's like, I am totally okay with taking a break. Mm-hmm. I didn't always used to. Things change, obviously. Like life changes, your relationship with stand-up changes or ups and downs. But I actually have always been pretty good about taking vacations and time. And I was never the comic that needed to get up like five times in a night. What is, I've never felt that way. I've dated those types. That's too much. Yeah, for me, it's too much as well. But what is this idea that you can only get good if you're getting up five times a night? Yeah, I would disagree with that as well. And I told comics that. It's the same material. That, yeah. It is sort of the definition of insanity sometimes, like doing the same thing to different results. It is. So what were you doing? Was this always something you wanted to do? No, I was never like a student of stand-up. I always loved movies and comedic actors. Like, you know favorite movies growing up were, you know, either Robin Williams or Jim Carrey. I loved Whoopi Goldberg and Mm -hmm. Chris Rock. Like those movies were what I was imitating, like Mrs. Doubtfire and Sister Act and Down to Earth. (laughs) I got some big laughs off of some of those (laughs) lines in that. Um, But yeah, when you're just trying to figure out, when you just want to make people laugh and and you're still just sort of doing parody and satire. Yeah. (laughs) And then you're like, well, I could write my own things. But I was never listening to stand-up. I didn't really even know about it. Yeah. But I, so it wasn't until I was 22 that I, I may be, I was 21, that I, someone in high school had burned me Jim Gaffigan's CD. Mm -hmm. And I, and I listened to it and I, it, it didn't like set me off. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. I mean, I was like, this guy's great. Um, I don't know about that thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I still kind of wanted to be an actor. Oh. And, and I was doing speech and debate. Which is like, and I was in the humorous interpretation category. <laughs> so I was like playing the all these characters. Yeah. yeah. And it was so male dominated. And I, yeah, I mean, like, 
I tore it up. So yeah. it was like, I, that was interestingly enough, like a little precursor to stand up. But what when I started stand up, I was actually pretty like subtle and slow and quiet. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because in high school, I was so animated and my faces were uh-huh. crazy because I was playing all these characters. Yeah. My physicality was all over the place. But you feel like you're pacing on stage now, like you don't think it's, you're slower on the slower side. You feel like you're moving fast. I feel like I've, I've sped up. As I, since I've started, I'm intimidated by what I think is your slowness on stage in a good way. Like, in like, like taking my time, yeah, that you take your, yeah, know how stupid you are. <laughs> no, yeah, that you take your time, that you can like tell a story and like hit all these beats. I, I'm like so anxious sometimes to get to what feels like explosion, yeah, that like. I can't hang out. Yeah. I have to work I on will it. say I was so comfortable in silence when I first started. Uh-huh. I mean, I remember getting a review that said that. <laughs> like, she's very comfortable in silence. Really? Yeah. Oh, whoa. So, yeah. And I, and some of the, I had a lot of great Chicago comic friends, but some of them would also give me, like some that weren't necessarily my friends or who knows what they were up to, but would give me a hard time about like you, that I whisper my punchlines. Oh, which is funny. That is like, funny. you know, they just give me a hard time about being subtle. Yeah. But yeah, so now I do feel quicker. Yeah. I find that my stand-up comes out in different ways depending on what's even in a weekend sometimes. Yeah. I used to have the thing happen where, like, I would be so inspired by the person who would, when I first started, that would, like, go up before me. Yeah. That I would then, like, like I would be going up after, like, like when I first got past the cellar, I would be like up after Todd Berry. And I'd be like, I'm going to try and like do Todd Berry on stage. <laughs> and it would just, I'm just like, what are you doing? Like stick to your own, but I'm still figuring out who I am. And then I hear all these people that sound different. And I'm just like, I'm not sure what fits exactly as me. Sure. But it sounds like you always kind of had a sense of who you were. Yeah. You know, I never like sat and well, actually, the first time I did stand up, I think I practiced it in, in front of a photo booth on my my iMac or whatever it was. Oh, really? I would kill to see that video. I would. <laughs> what are you saying in it? so upset. You, you're like alone in a bedroom. I had a joke about like chicken soup for the soul. But it was like, instead of like chicken soup for the sister's soul, I had written something that was like chicken soup for the girl who really soul. You know, some long thing. In there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just remember chicken soup for the soul on the set list. Oh, um, that's funny. Yeah, and then... That, yeah. I had stories and jokes still. I'm trying to think about first jokes that I wrote, like joke jokes. When you're starting, when you're first starting, who are like your, I mean, I know you reference these people. Like I didn't stars, watch like, anybody. No one? No, because I was scared I was going to steal. Oh, really? Not material, just like a persona. Oh, that happened to me. I just didn't want to steal anybody's thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess when I first started, it was like, watch nobody. And all the guys would be like, Kinnison and Carlin and like, re- and like, yeah, prior, doing them. You know, prior. Yeah, they would either be quoting them or imitating them. And I'd just, pre- at that time, now I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But at the time, I'd be like, <laughs> yeah, then they are great. And it's not, that I didn't, it's not that I hadn't heard their names. I just was like, I don't know. Yeah, you're not in the trenches I of comedy history. I can't do this bit because I don't, yeah. Um, but I was scared of stealing and I didn't, yeah, just, didn't idolize anybody really. Yeah. I think then, of course, um, the people I really loved watching became like Maria Bamford. And and even in that, I just got that New York Times review for my special. Yeah, I saw And it. they I read said it. like Bamfordian. And uh-huh. I was like, you know, it's a very high compliment. High compliment. Love her. So 
I was then able, once I feel like I found my voice and I wasn't ever worried about like stealing because whatever I say is just going to be from my head. Yeah. Um, then I would just start enjoying people more. But that came later. Later. When you say in the special, you do a joke about how men, can, a man ate you out so poorly. Let me down there. Let me down there. <laughs> is, is, do you find that men really fail to give good oral sex? Yeah. What's happening? I, so again, in the new hour, I have a solution. You do? I do. Yeah, because I'm out here, I'm trying to address male pain in this next one. Oh. Yeah. From the male, like for, as a woman, you're trying to address male pain or you're trying yeah, to put yourself in the... I want to, you know, I'm still, I'm, I would love to tear down the patriarchy and and that includes perpetrators that are, uh, you know, men, women, mm-hmm. any type of gender that is perpetuating patriarchal values. Yeah. And... I find that vulnerability obviously is a beautiful thing and it can be very tough in the bedroom. Mm. So I think it's tough, for example, for someone to admit they don't know what they're doing. Mm. But that is a gift. If someone were like, I actually don't know what I'm doing down here. Could you tell me what you like? I'm actually like starting to get turned on thinking about that. (laughs) You you mean you're handing me a ball of clay and I get to turn it into my own personal dildo? Yeah, or whatever, that too. Right. I'm just sort of like, I would, that's... Great. Now, of course, that's me. So they could come across someone else who's like, you know what you're doing? You know, like, and make them shame them or something. So I can't protect these poor men once I give them this information. But then that would be their clue that they're with the wrong person. But I just think vulnerability in bed can be such a beautiful thing. Intimacy doesn't have to last 70 years and end in an Alzheimer's care. Like, it can be every (laughs) other Wednesday. Like, I just think we just— That is so fucking true. Yeah, I just need people to be— Why does it have to be be so threatening? Yeah. And also, it's just sort of like, it's actually the worst when you're bad and confident. Uh, I I mean, you know— That's terrible. It is bad. And that is oddly what brings the worst out in me. Mm. Because— Instead of, like, if it's great, I can be very vocal or adjust or say, you know, something like redirect a teensy and feel comfortable in that way. But if it's all bad, it's almost like I'm like, like on a roller coaster ride, like, ah, I'll just ride this one out. What the hell's happening? You know, <laughs> I'm just like, and then, and then I think I'll be like, well, I'll never do that again. And then all of a sudden I'm seeking that out again. So right, it's a strange experience. Yeah. And I think if someone... I'm always so weird about like, I don't want to like give away bits. Like I'm so precious about stand-up, like the putting bits out thing. It's like, I'll show you when I have something good. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm t- just stopping myself is all. I'm just calling myself out for stopping myself. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm just old school. It's like a special is a special. Like yeah. I'll tell you when it's special and then I'll present it to you and you'll enjoy it. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll wait for it. I'll wait for it. I'll wait for it. It's fine. Make us wait. But I just mean like, I... I, I think that it, comes in. She's like, I'll tell you what makes me come <laughs> in my next special. <laughs> Four years from now on whatever network wants it. <laughs> but when, like, when a guy goes down there and really butchers the job. Yeah. Isn't that, is he not presenting as a total fuck up on the date also? Is that just hmm. a total offshoot that this guy is amazing and he's charming and you like him and then he goes down there and he's a t- an absolute, ma- like, is that an outlier? I I think I had it good for a long time until I realized, I, until I didn't. Um, so one guy was taught well by a woman. Yeah. That's always, it's always funny. It just cues you into another person trained him. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I know I'm trying, I'm thinking back to all the, <laughs> because cause I've also <laughs> said some stuff. Like I have an old joke in my special that's like one of my exes would go down on me and just kind of like drool a lot. And yeah. be like, whoa, you're so wet. And I was like, that's like, 
<laughs> if I walked into the kitchen and like lit it on fire and was like, dinner's ready, you know, <laughs> like that's not how it works. <laughs> so, but then I think somebody that I dated after that had seen that. And then it was like too dry. So I mean, oh, I just sort of fuck. like it, it. It has to be that would be scary as Sometimes a man. I'm like, listen to me, but don't listen to me. I would be intimidated. I would be intimidated as a man, not only because of the stuff you're saying in stand up, but like a man, like I'm just would be nervous around my dick not getting hard enough, not making oh, sure. a, like that's a lot of pressure. I would get hard at the wrong time. I would come immediately. <laughs> I would have so many penile mishaps. Yeah. I mean, I it, don't even. What What would ours even look like? I would have a huge dick. Really? Yeah. But you're petite. I know, but that would be like my thing. I think mine's average, I guess. Really? I think it goes to the right. I, I was just about to say you had a curved one. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely would have a curved dick. So you've never hooked up with a girl? I feel like pride Chicago days. I had a little makeout session. Um, you feel like you did? No, I mean, I remember it. <laughs> um, she kind of came on strongly, I remember. It was very intimidating because like, she's starting to go like wanted to be in this bathroom and like go down on me and I'm like I can't do that I'm not saying I I think I could with a gentleman yeah. um she was starting to want that <laughs> <laughs> I love how this is I feel like someone once started to want that okay well how does that happen she's a pretty woman yeah and sure and so I went to the bathroom with her and we made out and then she just was starting to maybe either put her hand on my pants or, like, unbutton my pants. Yeah. And I was like, I just remember going, oh, no, 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 I'm on my period. Which is such a funny lie. Oh, it was a lie. Yeah, because I was just sort of like, oh, no, no, no. You, were, you would, weren't, Instead wouldn't of, think to say, I'm, I'm, I'm straight. I'm yeah. Not. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. I have an illness. Take me to the hospital. <laughs> um, I can't hook up. I have to go to the hospital. <laughs> I'm bleeding. No. Anything but being straight. Yeah. I think I was like, because I probably— was open to that possibility, yeah. but yeah, I guess ultimately I should have just been like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually straight, but this has been nice. Right. And your lips are soft, so thank yeah. you for your time. So you just say you're on your period and then it cuts Yeah, out. that was kind of the end of it. She did pursue me for a bit. I think these are, this is actually why, again, wow, we're really covering everything that I feel like should exist. I feel like- <laughs> That's the name of the so episode. Nice if, we covered everything that it should exist. Yeah, it would be so nice if there was like in sex ed, they taught you- so much more like than just like a diagram of stuff because because if if people were taught how to take an L or how to give one it would be so helpful yeah you know instead of I could have just been like very comfortable because it was part of my education to say you know what I don't know if I'd like to continue further and she'd be like okay I totally understand thanks for your time and I know that's not a reflection of me my personality or how I look have a good one I, I mean, we have the least robust, not only sexual education, but just like relational, emotional intelligence yes. education. It would be so helpful. No one knows. How does anyone know how to relate to anyone other than just, I saw my parents fuck it up and let that inform yeah. how I show up in relationship? We're all just like hurt animals bumping into each other. Yeah. I'm like, oh no. I think it's like, well, it goes back to what we were talking about. Like if someone were just willing to be sort of vulnerable and say like, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing, but if you tell me, I really want to try. Yeah. If if you were going down on on me. I just should say, I definitely have had some good experiences. It's not all of them. Like if anything, I had a good for for a really long time and it was just someone who was very inexperienced and maybe had never done it and just was using women's bodies to masturbate for a really long time Mm -hmm. and never making them come or never having foreplay. 
because they didn't understand what foreplay was? Uh, so many straight women I talk to talk about their partners not understanding the value Partner? of foreplay. Yeah, that's rough. I, I just hadn't experienced that before because I had really, you know, for the most part, good experiences with partners when it comes to that. The person I'm with now, it's great. Like, you know, and we, but we talk. Right. He's very open and asks. Yeah. You know, even before we ever hooked up was very communicative. Like, what do you like? I just want to know. Yeah. Before. I have the sometimes, like, the clarity part. Sometimes I find when I'm dating women that, like, if I communicate, and I was just saying this to whoever was just here, I forget. If I, like, communicate thoroughly or, like, honestly, a woman will be put off. Really? And that's frustrating too, right? Because I can say this stuff to men on stage, say, like, it's good to be vulnerable or, you know, whatever. And then someone they're with or they go on a date on and calls them some name or shames them or yeah. is like, you're not a real man or whatever it is. Right. It's so not fair. I know. But it's also like... It but, could, but those people, it's them. that That's their problem. But I see what you're saying. Like if someone was like, ew, it's like, oh no, that's a reflection of you and your damage for shower. No, I know. But it's like, when do you show your cards? It's like, I want to communicate that I like you. I also want to be honest about like where I get to like learn stuff. But then like women, a lot of women that I go out with will be like, I just want you to be confident. I want you to take initiative, like all this stuff. And it's like, that's also a lot of pressure. Yeah. Like, I can't solve for everything. No, you no. Know? And that's the part of it too that's so interesting. Because it's like, okay, we want a man to love us. But then we also want him to be just like a a cold, hard man that brings home the bacon <laughs> and works and doesn't show his emotion as a man, man. And it's like, you can't have both those things. You can't. You can't. If you don't allow them to be a full thinking human being that has all the emotions and, and, and can still be very tough, but is also It sensitive. sounds impossible. I do have it right now. Wow. Yeah. Has he they been, do is exist. he in therapy? He's been... To yeah. therapy. Yeah. yeah. It's I, it's just hard, I guess. It seems somewhat rare. I'm trying to think of some of the comics that I've been with that I appreciated their vulnerability and emotion yeah. and connection. I mean, everybody has their own, I mean, just like I do, everybody has their shortcomings and stuff, but... I, I liked your phrase, Tarzan. Oh, Tarzan dater, yeah. Tarzan dater. I used to do that. Because... Uh, and the idea is that you swing from one dick to the next. Yeah, before I let go of this dick, I'm just like swinging to the next dick. <laughs> so there's only a brief period of time where you can catch me without a dick in my hand. Well, hey, your seven-month period. Yeah, that's that, the longest. You had to interrupt your fucking jungle swinging ways. I did. Like, I I get that. Like, I feel like, do you, do you overlap, though? Or are you a cheater? I will say in, in the past, I had, I would do something like, I had a pattern of like maybe maybe three in a row, I want to say, mm-hmm. where it was like this relationship was ending. I could feel it and I would pull away. And instead of being honest or, I don't know, less codependent or something and saying, I think this is over, yeah, I would explore or find the next person to be like, I have someone to jump to. That's what I do. Yeah. Like like I needed to be, like I can't couldn't be alone. Yeah. So I think that that's what I was doing for a long time um, in my mid-20s. Um, and if, and then I, I recall being honest about that actually with someone I dated afterwards. And I think they thought that, that, that I was still doing something like that. Uh-huh. So that's another tough one. Like you want to be honest and open about patterns or things you've used to do or break, but then. That stuff I not, could never, I feel like I would hate to say when I was dating. Yeah. Cause they would be like, oh, what the fuck? Oh yeah. Or it's all very like, oh, well, I'm with a cheater. But so I, for example, I'm trying to think of the times I did it. It was like, pull away from this person, even though they love them very much, but this is ending. Yeah. Find someone new to talk to text or usually it was long distance to be honest yeah well that's even easier kind of because yeah, then you get to have get some involved. like fantasy that you play out that's like not real mm-hmm. yeah and then 
once I felt like that was okay, I would break up with Release. that person and um and then hook up with that person. There were times where I would hook up with that next person and then say, Hey, I have to break up. I never was like, I'm not saying it excuses the behavior. It's still sort of, it was still immature and dishonest to do that to that person. It wasn't fair. Yeah. But um, yeah, in my mind, I'm sure I justified it, but but I was never like two-timing someone or having to like cover up or share a space with someone. Right. It was like a very codependent activity, I guess you could call it. Yeah. But yeah, I would hook up with the next person, then break up with that last person. Yeah. I would never like create a keep double sleeping with that person. Like I felt like that would be very wrong. Yeah. If I let someone penetrate me and then went back. In fact, usually with that last person, it's like, could you just give him a blowjob or something? He's being so nice. You with know, but I you're couldn't. Leaving? Yeah. Cause I couldn't, I was done. Right. Right, it's hard yeah. to yeah. So I can't, that part when was I'm cut done, off I'm done, and done. I can't give a blowjob. I know. I'm done. I was just like, I want to because you're so kind and you've been so lovely and I, yeah. So yeah, I have good memories, but of 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 that, I'm sure they sensed something. Yeah. But then again, I then I did that again. Um, that was a short lived experience, long distance, and then I reconnected with someone, saw that that was going somewhere, and then ended it. I don't think there was any overlap of hookup there. So is it a shinier thing? Um, what t- or is it just that the relationship you're in is you're feeling like it's ending, so then you start looking, or you're seeing yeah, I, something that's I don't think it's in- shinier necessarily. I think it's like that. This I should have had the courage and openness to say, "I want to let you go. You deserve to to be let go." Yeah. Instead of what I was mentioning at the beginning of this podcast, that person kind of did to me. In some ways, like is karmatically a word. Karmically, thank you. Um, <laughs> I just go. Uh, your soul leaves yeah, your body. Yeah, karmically, like, it's kind of, I didn't deserve all that stuff that he did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but karmically, it's a little like, I did some of this fuckery when I was younger. Yeah. It's like, I want that guy to still love me. Got to make sure somebody's going to really love me next, though. I know. So it's a lack of probably security. Some. Do you ever tell yourself the story, though, that the, that person, you're actually saving them from pain by not breaking up with them at that moment in time? Mm, I hear that a little. Yeah, like you don't want to hurt them. I think I'm going to hurt them so badly. I think I'm going to ruin their life. Yeah, yeah. But it's all about me. (laughs) It's all totally about me and me needing someone else to love me. But I'm like, I'm going to break you. Yeah. And then everyone like gets over me in five seconds. (laughs) But I do have that dovetail thing, which I'm trying to like work through right now by being alone. And then whenever you focus on yourself, well, then everyone's interested in me. Yeah. I've had, I have few friends with benefits, I suppose. It's really technically just one or two. But, um, that is a gift, I think, to be, because that requires communication. You can do it. Yeah, I, I'm shocked the answer is I have been able to do it. Yeah. But it's because I need that person to do what we just said is inappropriate, not okay to do to somebody. It's, it's let's not talk about it, but we'll hook up and, and uh, we're not dating. You know, very clear in that way. And I'm not saying I never got jealous or wanted them to want me more or wanted yeah. them to want me so much that, of course, I didn't want to just be hooking up. Like, I wanted those things too. But if you're clear, it can be a really nice thing. That's kind of the intimacy part that can exist. But how do you stop yourself from getting feelings? Um, I'm not saying it didn't happen. Yeah. You just knew that there, there were those guardrails. both parties can be brave enough to say, like, let's not fully lose ourselves in this. That's so hard. It is hard. Do you solve that in your next special? 
<laughs> we like leave like big philosophical questions all to be that. answered. Oh uh, yeah, I'll write that down. In your yeah, next four special. years, from now, like set a timer. I'm excited to hear your. I don't know why I'm saying four years. Maybe it's gonna be. I know. A I don't year. know why you two. Keep, uh, a year and a half. I'm excited to hear your solve for men eating women out poorly, though. Okay, I think it's gonna be good. I think it's gonna be helpful, at least. I can't wait to hear it. You're gonna like the joke. I think. I know. Although I know. it died a bit actually this weekend, it didn't pop. Like I usually close on it, and oh, I was like, sh- it's it's that does happen with jokes. Yeah. It can be a mystery, and sometimes you have to let them go off into the lake, yeah. set them on fire. But like the this one I will not give up on. I'm just like, what's going on here? Maybe no, don't give just up on it. Anyway, you will like the joke. I'll tell it to you when we're done. Okay. Thank I you. I think you're going to like it. Maybe Thank I should. you for coming on, Beth Stilling. Oh, my God. You're welcome. Thank so fast. Ahead. 